The Green Bay Packers have some holes to fill if they want to be a contending team in 2023. So where can they add to maximize their value? How do they add players that maximally improve their team? We dig into some of the numbers, some of the future contracts of these players to try and figure out who might be going, who might be staying, who might be coming into the Green Bay Packers all in an effort to figure out who the Packers might be able to add and where they need to add to get better in the most valuable way possible. All of that on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. So I have this saying when I talk about the draft. And that is that you take the player that maximally improves your team. And the reason I frame it that way is because need absolutely matters in those situations. And it doesn't mean, oh, I need a receiver right now, so I have to take a receiver. No. It means relative to positional value, to player quality, prospect quality, right? And role, who is going to maximally impact the roster in a positive way? And that means searching for upside. It means understanding where you are in your process. You know, I think the Packers might have miscalculated that last year. Um, Or maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't really think they could compete last year. And that's why they got Quay Walker and Christian Watson and some of these guys who are more developmental type players, Sean Ryan, who they were going to move positions. Uh, That was a a weird one to me. You have to you have to have that congruency of vision. But so it's not as simple as, okay, well, the Packers could could benefit from having another receiver. Yeah, of course they could. It's not as simple as, well, they need a tight end. Okay, what is the value of adding a tight end relative to another position, uh, relative to upgrading another position? What is that delta in value? And this is something that that GMs are always trying to account for. Because you always want to get better at the positions that matter. And so quarterback is the big one. We don't know what the situation is, but. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, the Packers are set for the moment on that. They're going to give Jordan Love the opportunity if it's going to be Jordan Love. And if it's Aaron Rodgers, then they're going to give Jordan Love every opportunity to be the next guy unless and until either the clock runs out on that or he proves he's not the guy if he gets an opportunity. So in terms of the most valuable positions, we traditionally think of pass rusher, corner, receiver, Offensive tackle. So those are premium positions. You want those. The Packers have 
some starters at all of those places and some pretty good ones in, in most of those places, frankly. So I want to flip this around. And I wrote about this uh, today at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. So where are they most deficient? Let's actually start the conversation there. And the answer is obvious. Run defense. One of the worst run defenses in football, depending on what metric you look at, doesn't matter. They were bad against the run. Well, linebacker run fits are a critical part of the run game. You have Devondre Campbell. He, he was just an all-pro a year ago. You paid him. You just used the 22nd pick on Quay Walker when you had two first-round picks. Clearly, you thought he had elite talent and ability. He showed some flashes. He also showed some boneheaded mistakes. But those are your linebackers. So you're not going to make any changes there. Okay, defensive line. Kenny Clark, under contract, he's your guy. You just used a first-round pick on Devontae Wyatt. And TJ Slayton is under contract. You just, you didn't use a premium pick on him, but in the best games for the Packers last season, it was when one of those secondary defensive linemen played well. Drawn Reed against the Cowboys, TJ Slayton against the Vikings. These were impactful games. Dean Lowry, probably not going to be back. Beyond that, they don't have really anybody and Drawn Reed's not under contract. Getting a defensive lineman would be beneficial to the Packers. No question about it. But how much better does he make them versus, you know, the the, day, the the TJ Slayton draft pick that they could use or the drawn read that they could sign? I think if they do that, even, even if it's as simple as just re-signing drawn read and then adding a fourth, third, fifth round defensive lineman, that that puts them in pretty good position because they don't they don't really they they stopped playing that penny front on a regular basis really at all in the second half. So they're going to be playing with two defensive linemen on the field for most of the time. If you have four or five guys that you feel pretty good about, that's enough. So they could stand to benefit there. It's the thing that they were the worst at. But adding a defensive lineman, if you look at some of the numbers, guys like Chris Jones, Christian Wilkins, if you look at, let's say, total points from Sports Info and Solutions, which is a stat I love, they assign value to every play based on historical EPA. So like, what is a, a tackle for a one-yard gain worth on second and five in the third quarter historically? There's a value that they can assign there. Guys, even the best defensive tackles in the league last year were not, not that valuable overall relative to other positions just because they don't impact the game that much. They're not on the field that much, and that matters. Someone like Max Crosby, who plays a 1,000 snaps, versus a pass rusher like Hassan Reddick. Yeah, Hassan Reddick had a bunch of sacks, but he played a fraction of the snaps. In the aggregate, that stuff adds up. So actually, the best way, the most valuable way to, to help this run defense is at safety. Adrian Amos is not under contract. His contract voids because there's the void year. They could bring him back um, at, a, at a relatively inexpensive number. I don't think he would have a huge market. But whether or not he's back on a one-year deal or gone, at the very least, they have a need in a year at that position. Darnell Savage playing in the last year of his deal. He's the nickel now. 
and they benched Darnell Savage to play Rudy Ford, who they then benched. They had to unbench Darnell Savage, but Savage looks more comfortable, closer to the line of scrimmage, playing in that nickel role. Now you can move Russell Douglas, but you still need a safety. And safeties, if you look at point save, this SIS metric, they are actually on the super high end of value, up there with the high-end pass rushers. A guy like Minka Fitzpatrick is as valuable or more than a player like Nick Bosa because they impact, they're on the field 100% of snaps. Adrian Amos plays 100% of snaps every week. If you play 100% of snaps every week versus a guy playing 80% of snaps every week, even if the 80% guy is making splash plays, there's just a play gap that you have to make up. It's just math at a certain point. You are going to overall be more impactful if you're good. Like if you're an 8.5 out of 10 versus a 9.5 out of 10, but you play 100% of the snaps versus 80% of the snaps, at some point that math intersects and you become more valuable even though you're not purely as good a player. So to me, when I look at this team, the number one most valuable place, the place where they can maximally improve this season is upgrading the safety position. It is. It has become a premium position. And so, yes, that could mean moving Russell Douglas, but even if you move Russell Douglas, there has to be something else. Whether it's a veteran, I think I think you have to draft somebody. You might have to do both. They have to get this position solidified. And it felt solidified. It's, it's crazy because a year ago, two years ago, it felt like they had one of the best safety tandems in the league. And all of a sudden, two years later, they're trying to figure this out. And that's how fast this moves. It's why the Packers try and draft a year ahead. So to me... Now, that doesn't mean that you have to spend the 15th pick on a safety or the 45th pick on a safety, or you have to go out and try and spend big money on a safety. No, but the but improving at safety is the spot right now on this team that would maximally improve the Packers. There are others, and we're going to talk about them in a second. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you check out, you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post. And, and of course, the 875 million member profiles to help you get the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the most qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Subscribe to Locked On NFL and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday and Monday. Local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked On NFL available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. So where else were the Packers deficient in 2022? They were deficient in the red zone. And in the middle of the field. And it's not just the middle of the field. It's that secondary pass catcher. 
it is so hard to just have one great receiver. And the Packers found this out. You can have a really good regular season offense. It's really hard to have a really good playoff offense with just one great receiver. The the secondary pass catchers have to have a, a baseline of competency above where Green Bay's is right now. So maybe it means a big slot receiver. Someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba. At 15, I'm all about it. He is taller Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, I, I, I love his ability. I think he is the perfect Packer. And if they took him at 15, I'd be fine with it. I would, I would appreciate it and support it. But the tight end position specifically, he can't literally play tight end. And that's the problem for the Packers right now. Big Bob Tunyon is a pass catcher only. Josiah DeGuara is a blocker only and Mercedes Lewis is a blocker only. They don't have really anybody that can do both. And when you look at tight end has never been considered a premium position, but you look at, again, I'm going to use total points. Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, these high end tight ends, even someone like Tyler Higby, it's mostly schemed up. Those guys have points added values ahead of receivers that you know the names of. Guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Jalen Waddell. Because they impact the run game. They impact every single run snap that they're on the field because they have to block. If you're if you're receiver opposite the run, you're not really involved in the run fit. But if you're a tight end... Whether you're in the slot opposite, whether you're in line, whether you're slot strong side, you are involved in that run play. You have to block someone or the run is boned. So again, this is this is a every down has value kind of proposition. And then you add in, okay, red zone, Packers were bad. You could drastically improve this team in the red zone if you had a tight end. It's a little like the Quay Walker thing. Like, yeah, Quay Walker can help them play base. But if you have a safety injury, Quay Walker can't literally play safety. So yeah, you could draft a receiver or sign a receiver who can play in the slot and attack the middle of the field. And that's great. And maybe they should do that, right? But they can't actually play tight end. And they need someone who can do a little bit of everything at tight end. Now, is that Michael Mayer? Is that Darnell Washington? Is that, you know, any of these tight ends in this draft? There's there's a really solid group of tight ends that I think are going to go in the top 75. Packers are going to have two shots at drafting one. I personally am not a take one in the first round guy. We're going to talk about positional value and historical hit rates and all that good stuff the closer we get to the draft. I'm merely talking about the, the positions that the Packers can improve that maximally improve their offense or their defense, or their team. Safety is number one. I don't know that tight end is quite number two, but in terms of improving a deficiency and really no plan in 2022 especially, it has to be either like 2A or 2B. I think right after that is pass rush. And so, yeah, if you can find an interior defensive lineman, we talked about interior defensive line at the top, and you think they can be a top-end pass rusher? You think they can be a Chris Jones or a Fletcher Cox or someone like that? Especially at 15, like you might take a prospect where that's possible. There's a kid from Clemson who's really good that could be that. 
If they think that that's the case, maybe you take him. Now, maybe they think Devontae Wyatt is that, and that's enough. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and some depth is enough. It probably is. If Devontae Wyatt is who we saw in flashes last year when he has to play 60% of snaps or something close to it. That pass rush, Preston Smith, this might be it. This might be his last season on the team. Rashawn Gary is not going to play at least half the season, and he might not be right in 2023 at all. It might be until 2024 that he looks like Rashawn Gary. So that is a full year potentially of your your edge rush really hurting. Kingsley and Igbari, I thought, had a really nice rookie season. Led rookies in pass rush pass rush win rate. And I think he's a really nice edge three. If he's your starting edge, I think you have some issues there. So can you improve that spot? The top end pass rushers are as valuable on the edge, especially as any position. So at 15, in free agency, with a trade, whatever you have to do, that is a position where you can feel free to throw assets at it because that incremental increase in value is so valuable. It's, it is like from Preston Smith to Rashawn Gary, that gap is meaningful. Now, Preston Smith is a nice player. Rashawn Gary, when he's healthy, is, is and can be a dominant player. Now, you don't need a dominant player necessarily, but if you add another good player and then Preston Smith in a year is gone and you have this nice player, much like what happened with Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith out the year, Rashawn Gary steps right in and the Packers do, don't, they don't miss a beat. Zadarius Smith leaves, second half of the season, disappeared. He was about as impactful as Rashawn Gary in the second half of the season. But for the first half, those guys were playing about even. Like, Rashawn Gary was awesome to start the 2022 campaign before he has this unfortunate injury. So you can always take and add in that pass rush. And then I think you get to receiver. Because I want to take receiver and offensive tackle together. Because I think you can make the case offensive tackle you don't really know beyond this year what you have. David Bakhtiari, they expect to be back. Zach Tom is on this team. He's going to be a, a tackle for the next five, eight, 10 years. We'll see with Yash Nyman. The, the scenario works out in his favor because he's going to be a restricted free agent. I think the Packers are going to give him that second round tender. And then he'll, he'll play in 2023. Maybe David Bakhtiari retires or the Packers move on from him in a year. And then Nyman is your starter. And then you're in good shape. The Packers have good depth there. Their guards right now, Elton Jenkins regained that Elton Jenkins for and John Runyon Jr. Just rock damn solid. And center, especially when you have these other guys, I kind of don't care. I mean, I care, but you don't have to prioritize resources there. But you can always take offensive linemen, whether it's a veteran that you can just throw in as a swing tackle and just come in and plug and play for you. Or it's someone in the draft. There's a high-end player there. If Peter Skoronsky falls from Northwestern, easy. There's some of these other couple couple Big Ten guys in this draft who are really good. There's the Georgia kid who's absolutely massive. I, these The opportunity to take a top flight tackle, you kind of just don't pass on in general. 
And you the, the value of those guys is borne out. Now, at receiver though, in 2023, the Packers have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samori Toure. Those guys are under contract. That's the list. Randall Cobb, we'll see. Aaron Rodgers says he wants him back. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers will be back. Alan Lazard, I don't expect him back. Sammy Watkins, already out the door. So are you are you ready to go into a season, especially if Aaron Rodgers is back, one in which you the only reason you bring Rodgers back is because you're trying to win the Super Bowl right now today? Are you comfortable with that being your group? I'm not. And that's, I, I'm probably the biggest Romeo Dobbs fan and have been since pre-draft. I, mean, I, had him as my, I just checked the other day. I had my 62nd player in the draft. They got him in the 140s. I thought he was a mid-day two player before, before they drafted him. And I can't say I'm the biggest Christian Watson fan because that's Russ Uglum. But I was a big proponent of his pre-draft and I liked the Packers' selection of him. I didn't love the trade. I think actually he's validated the trade. I just felt like they could have just taken him instead of Devontae Wyatt, and I would have felt a lot better about that. I still feel that way because they could have an extra player. They could have like Jalen Petrie at this point, or they could have Christian Watson, you know, Alec Pierce and Romeo Dobbs or something like that. Like there's a lot of different scenarios here that, that would make sense. But more to the point, you you always need these secondary guys. So if it's a matter of going out and getting an out Adam Thielen if he gets cut or trading for Brandon Cooks or DeAndre Hopkins. Like the high end options are great, but you just need more guys who can threaten a defense. Like KJ Osborne is a perfectly satisfactory receiver. And if you allocate a ton of resources to trying to stop Justin Jefferson and you give KJ Osborne one on ones all game. He's going to, and he gets six or seven targets. He's going to make four or five catches for 80 yards. And you're going to, maybe not 80 yards, 50 yards, 70 yards. And he's going to be a valuable part of your offense. You're going to catch five, six touchdowns. He's going to have a day where he has a hundred yards or he's probably have three or four days. That guy's really useful in an offense. The Packers Right now, on the roster, for sure, only have one guy that you feel confident can do that. That's Christian Watson. So the incremental advantage of having another talented player there is actually huge. So I think receiver is another one of these spots where, again, doesn't have to be the 15th pick. It doesn't even have to be the 45th pick. But... If you can get a guy in the second round, third round, fourth round, sure. If you if you love Jackson Smith and Jigma, I do. He's the only receiver in this draft, not not even Quentin Johnson, that I would be happy, excited about for the Packers at fifteen. Trade down, get him at eighteen or twenty, something like that. Jordan Addison, I like to. But that there's there's so much value in having a deep position group at receiver. And given where the Packers are right now, this minute. Now, if they bring Alan Lazar back and they bring Randall Cobb back, like that incremental increase, because they're just not going to play over those guys. And you're probably, if you bring Alan Lazar back, it's going to be on a three-year deal or something. And so he's going to play. And so the incremental advantage is mitigated. It would be one reason to not sign Alan Lazar to a deal like that, is if you think you could get a Brandon Cooks or a D-Hop, or if you're really into this draft. And by the time that the Packers have to make the decision on Alan Lazard, 
they'll know who they like. And the Packers, Brian Gutekind said after they drafted Rashawn Gary, like basically after the combine, Rashawn was our guy. So they're going to know by the time the new league year opens who they like in the draft, who they think they can get. And that will that will impact how they approach free agency. And it should. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a product that I cannot recommend enough personally because I use it. I use it every day. I use it and enjoy it. And I recommend it in my daily life when I'm not sitting in front of a microphone talking to you. I really do. I, I am an, a built bar evangelist because I just think the product is that good. They are so delicious. I, I If you've never had them, you don't get it. Figure it out by going to built.com and getting them for yourself. 100% real chocolate. Flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Love the coconut almond. Look, Love the coconut brownie. Coconut puff. So many awesome flavors. And yet they hit the macros that you want. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, just four grams of sugar. A scoop of peanut butter has four grams of sugar. More than that. So why not get something delicious that is also fuel for your body? And now you can go to Walmart. You can go to Sam's Club and pick it up. Just doing your shopping. Or just like, hey, I'm in the mood for a built Bar. Let me run to Walmart and grab a box. I don't have to wait for shipping. I can just go get one. Sounds great to me. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. All right, back next week with another packed week. Um, and we'll have a championship game. Uh, slate set. Excited about that. It could be, this is the best weekend in football, I think. In terms of just the pure football, because we have four games, they're all going to be awesome, and I can't wait. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on the Locked on Packers YouTube page, you can do that to stay Locked on Packers.